Hello, you are listening to the Independent Dealer Podcast brought to you by Buckeye Dealership Consulting. Luke, this week we are going to talk to the guys from MB Accounting, Mr. Chad Martin. We've had him on the podcast before. Great, great guy when it comes to what's called fractional CFO. Yeah, I'll tell you, this is something I spend probably way too much time doing, Jeff. Um, But you have to to understand your business. And, And these guys, I think, can help us see some blind spots that we have and also train us to be a better fiduciary for our own business, right? Yeah. I mean, we're not, I don't have an accounting degree. I tried it. I flunked out of accounting classes in college. Like it's, I know enough to be dangerous and mess up my QuickBooks and, and kind of get halfway there, but I don't know all of it. So guys like this can help us dumb dealers be a little bit smarter when it comes to the numbers and the dollars that are in our account. So if you guys remember a couple episodes ago, we talked to you about forecasting and we pitched that a lot. If you guys are listening to our newsletter, hopefully you're signed up and you're getting our newsletter every week, which is more tactical tips. Luke's beautiful face like, in there at a like YouTube us, video. Like us on, on YouTube and, and all those good things. <laughs> and so it's, 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 we harp on that a lot, forecasting and projections. And the reason we do that is because if you don't know where you're going, what is it? It doesn't even matter where you end up, right? Yeah, and projections are so important because projections are different than your goals, right? And so you, you've got to you've got to be really specific on those projections because with projections you're able to build the rest of your your dealership, the rest of your budget, the rest of your allocations. So they're super important. And yeah, it's like I want to go to Mexico, but I got to have an agenda. I got to have a travel plan to get there. You know, I got to know the budget. I got to know the planes. I got to know the logistics. So when we talk about projections, it's those logistics of how you're going to get there. How much money is it going to cost you? And the reason why it's so crucial is because if you don't know how much money it's going to cost you to get here, you can either sell yourself out of business or you can not sell yourself and go out of business, right? Like, hey, here's the minimum sales I got to have as a retail dealer to keep my doors open and a minimal gross profit. And then as a buy here, pay here dealer, hey, here's the maximum I can sell. I can't do 100 buy here, pay here deals next month. That, I, no, would, I would be, I would miss payroll. I would be, I'd be broke. It's so, such a fine line we have to walk. And, and if you don't have rejections, you will fall off that tightrope, Jeff. Yep. So hope you guys enjoy the episode and uh, talk to you later. You are listening to the Independent Dealer Podcast with hosts Luke Godwin and Jeff Watson. So Chad, JP, thank you so much for joining us today and talking about this you know, Luke and I are always harping on how important it is that we have projections. You know, we need to we need to have cash flow projections. We need to know where we're going if we want to get to the destination we want to be at, right? You got to have a roadmap. But my argument is like, man, I, I only know so much. I never got an accounting degree. I, I don't I don't know what I don't know. So that's what I want to talk to you guys today about. Um, thank you for being here. You guys, have given us. Us, you guys have given us kind of the top blind spots that our us dealers might see in our financial projections, right? Because we don't know. So I want to jump right into those. First one is talk to us about having like the basis of accurate financials, right? That's kind of the whole foundation, correct? Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll kick us off here. And Jeff, thanks for having us. We're sad that Luke isn't here, but your standards have slid such that we made it in a second time. So we're, we're excited <laughs> to be here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when he heard your guys' name, he bailed. Yeah. 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 That's great. Man, just like the women used to in my life. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, I mean, you hit the nail on the head and this is uh, first and foremost in, in a top 10 list of why projections don't work. I mean, your, your accounting has to be fairly accurate um, because that's the basis for your PL budget or your cash flow forecast. And BHPH accounting is hard. Um, if you just do retail, it's it's not quite as hard. Um, but you know, Chad and I often come into uh, into situations with dealers where we see a bunch of unrecorded expense. You know, maybe it's caught up on the balance sheet, and you already sold the vehicles, so it should be off of there. And that's you know inflating your earnings. And so you know, I feel like if you're un uncertain about your your accounting. Um, you don't have an auditor review um, or, or an eye from a from a from a good BHPH accounting firm, uh, then you're you're probably at risk of those financials not being accurate, and those are going to be the key to driving a, a reasonable PL or cash flow forecast. Yeah, let me ask you your opinion. I know you have an opinion on this of the RFC. Is it is it is that what I've heard? You guys are not not actually a fan of having an RFC if, if you're buy here pay here I don't I don't think I've ever said that I think okay I thought <laughs> I talked to a dealer who said you know he doesn't have an RFC I think he's a client of yours and he says I don't have an RFC but I'm allowed to run my dealership as if I do have an RFC hold back bad debt things like that does it does it make it easier if a buy here pay here dealer runs as a single entity as opposed yeah. to having an RFC well, I, I think if if I'm thinking of maybe the individual you're thinking of, they they are a very mature dealer, and at this point are stagnant in growth, and and they had not had an RFC in the past, mm. uh, and so at this point, if they're not going to grow, you know, it's it's not doesn't make sense to set up an RFC now, and um, you know, move accounts over to, because you've already taken the hit, you've already paid the tax uh, early on. The whole idea of having an RFC is to defer tax, right? Until you've actually collected the money. So you're able to get that, that discount, 30, 40%, whatever you're charging on as a discount rate upfront that you wouldn't be able to get if you didn't have the RFC. So for that particular guy, uh, if I, you know, again, I think it's because he's a, a mature, you know, it doesn't make sense, mm. but we yeah. would be an advocate of, of an RFC when yeah. you start as a startup, as you're growing your portfolio, and after you get over a, a set number of accounts, maybe uh, it's cost beneficial to to do that. It makes yeah. it seems to me like it's always the accounting between the two companies that gets so hairy, you know, when you're talking about mm -hmm. discounts, selling notes, and and that's where you know some of those things can start to get. It makes it look like you're making money, but you're maybe not. And right. Vice versa. It's where we see probably some of the biggest messes is through intercompany and through, you know, things getting lost in the fog. And, you know, if you're, if you don't make a ton of income and your, you know, your taxable isn't that high, you're comfortable paying it, then you, at least for that year, save the extra pain of, of setting up that RFC and accounting for it. So, yeah. Okay. Let's move on to number two. So you guys talk about dealers thinking that their P&L is the same as a cash flow statement, right? And I think I fall victim to that all the time, right? And I start confusing the two. I'm like, well, wait a minute. You know, it said I only spent this amount this month, but that doesn't account for principal reduction on my real estate. You know, so sometimes we get confused as mm -hmm. to, what are some other common issues that happen in that cash flow PL confusion? Yeah, I think you're a step ahead and kind of realizing that already. You, 
uh, Chad, um, I hear this a lot, and Jeff, maybe you've said it in your past, like, wow, my I finished with a nice profit this year. Why do I feel broke? Um, I hear that a lot lately, right, with with the chaos and cost in the market. And, you know, there are uh, that, that P&L or income statement that you produce in-house that you give to your lender monthly, uh, your, your CPA, you, you know, that, that contains uh, a lot of items that aren't in your cash flow statement. And I think about selling a vehicle, right? That gross profit goes to the bottom line of your P&L. But what really happened cash flow wise? Well, you took $1,000 down. That's it. You bought it, you know, 45 days ago, but, you know, the, the cash flow comes later on that deal. And so that, you know, that's a biggie. Uh, and, you know, to what you mentioned earlier on, on the cash flow side, things that don't impact your P&L, you know, things like paying principal portion of a, of a term note, a real estate note, um, you know, things of that nature, buying a car uh, doesn't show up in your P&L because you put that on the balance sheet until you, until you sell it. So, you know, there's similarities and some things you record in the P&L are, are fairly cash basis, you know, like your rent. Um, I, I love to see putting, when dealers put together a projection, the assumptions that go into a P&L budget and cash flow forecast should be similar, uh, but we have to separate those a bit in our mind uh, because there are uh, items that affect one and not the other. Yeah. Chad, talk to us about that. What What about failing to really have realistic assumptions in our forecasting? How, how do we get realistic? Because I know as a dealer, it's like, well, of course, I'm going to sell X amount of cars next month more than I sold the month before. And by the end of the year, I'm going to be selling hundreds, you know, like, how do we keep a realistic expectation? And what are the dangers of either over forecasting or under forecasting the reality? Sure. I, I The most recent uh, forecast I just put together, I like to look at the last 12 months. I look at history, but I like to look at the last 12 months. Uh, but then I also look, like to look at the last quarter uh, of, of, as far as the numbers. So maybe the average uh, purchase price for a car. If you look at the last 12 months, that, that dealer was spending, I think, on average, about $9,500 a car. But if you look at the last three months, it had jumped up to about 10 8 um, So, you know, really making sure you understand what today's number is, not what the average of the last 12 months, you know, was. Um, you know, looking at, at interest rates as a, for, for example, uh, a lot of, you know, maybe just plugging in an, an, an average interest rate for the year, but we, or what it is today, but we know that that interest rate's going to climb monthly or quarterly, you know, throughout the year, we would anticipate it, it climbing. So, uh, you know, I think, I think we get caught up, uh, with a stagnant, uh, forecast at times. And we're not, you know, we don't either change it monthly based on what we know the rest of the year is going to look like. And we just look at today, but we also need to make sure that when we look in the past, that we're, we're not grabbing old information. Uh, the way car prices and labor rates and costs and all of this is changing uh, so quickly on us month over month. Um, we, we can't get caught up in just a, a last 12 month average, or this was my actual, I'm just going to divide it by 12 and call it a day. Hey, real quick, just to bust in here, uh, make sure you guys know Buckeye Dealership Consulting. If you guys are listening to this, it is the 26th of January. Hopefully you are on a plane to Orlando to hang already, out. Already in Orlando, maybe. Yeah, yeah you they, might already be there. You could be standing next to him while you're listening to this. 
And you know what? Not everybody that's going to be at this meeting is is currently probably using their reinsurance to their their capabilities. So what yeah. what I what I would say is while you're at the DPG meeting this week, talk to Brett, talk to uh, uh, Jason, talk to the guys there that can help you maximize your profits and your tax savings by using your reinsurance properly. Again, the best way to build wealth in this industry is by using your reinsurance company to its mm. maximum potential. And do me a favor. If you've listened to this and you're at the meeting, go up to Luke and ask him where Jeff is. Say, hey, where's Jeff? <laughs> Luke loves it when everyone thinks that we're tied at the hip. So don't say that I told you, just go up and ask him. I think what you're saying too is like, we talk about chime, getting in every single month and updating it, not just like doing it in January and then just forgetting about it until next January. You've got to go in and then reproject. Be like, oh man, you know, my January, February did not do what I thought it was going to do. I'm not going to be on track. So let me readjust everything and get my numbers back in line to where they're actually going to be. The other point that you brought up, which is really interesting, is we we say that the projections, like I want to sell more cars next month <laughs> than the month before, or by January, by, by July, I want to sell more cars. Well, what does that mean? Like, well, that means I got to, I got to spend that much more in advertising dollars. Well, that means I got to have that many more cars floored. Well, that means I'm going to hire a new salesman. Well, when do I hire the salesman? I don't hire him in the month that I think I sold that many cars that made money. I got to hire him two months beforehand. Sure. So I'm paying him to be on payroll two months beforehand. And what does that mean for my office expense? And what does that mean for my recon dollars that I got to spend? So I think as dealers, we just think like, oh, well, this month I'll sell this month and I'll make this much. And so I still made money. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. You have to pre-spend a lot of money to even get there. And then well, what happens if you pre-spend a, a lot of money and you don't get there? How long, how long can I hold that bet? How long can I hold on to that rain and try to get there until it just eats away my profit for the entire quarter? So when you put a forecast together, I think that's why it's important to look at it on a per account or a per sale or some kind of unit measure, right? To say my advertising dollars are you know, $300 a, a, a unit or a sale. And if I'm going to sell 30 this month, or I'm going to sell 60 in two months, right? You're, you're adjusting your advertising. You're making the assumption. So you want to have an interactive uh, kind of a, a model that you can then, you know, make those assumptions and changes, but it automatically updates the, the expenses that, that are tied to those unit type of production or, or number of accounts, right? That you're going to carry. Mm -hmm. There's, there's always a, a cost, uh, whether it's a collection cost, a repo cost, you know, wholesales, all of those can be tied to some kind of unit measure and uh, projected out. To, maybe to add that, without getting too technical, you know, visually, most of us are visual learners. I'll describe what I see, you know, and, and you, if you've got a monthly projection, the first thing that I love to see done is at the top, you walk forward your expected account levels for the year. So January 1st, I, I have a thousand accounts in my portfolio. I'm gonna sell 50 in January. I expect 20 to fall off via charge off or termination. And so I'm gonna end with 1030. And then you do that month by month. And then that's that can drive, you know, each month's sales projection and cost of sales, salesperson commission, and your account levels can drive that charge off expense, that interest income. And so you, you know, you use the actual by month kind of projections you have in mind versus just kind of a flat across the board for the year 
here's what each month is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important. Uh, you know, thinking of that, like if you're setting up the model, say you're using a Google sheet or an Excel spreadsheet, like Chad was saying, doing it per unit mm -hmm. and don't, don't look at what you're, Oh, well, I spend $5,000 a month in advertising. No, no, no. You spend, you know, $300 per sale on advertising. Yeah. And that's how you've got to, the whole basis of your model has to be built on that. That's really, really interesting. I think that changes the way I was looking at it. I was kind of going into it backwards. Like, oh, well, this is what I spend a month. And if I want to go up, I need to spend a little more. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. If I want to get to this dollar amount, if I want to get to this number of sales, this is the dollar amount I need to spend based on, yeah. So, and then I think you mentioned it earlier too, that the key is that you're comparing this month over month. You're looking at that unit measure. You're looking at the dollars and you're saying, okay, did, did this month, you know, uh, you know, how did it compare to what I projected? Uh, and then you're making those tweaks as you go. I mean, uh, and, and then a lot of times a dealer will have an idea in his head of, of, you know, how much he's spending on advertising or how much he's spending in certain areas. But when you do this exercise and really lay out the last 12 months and look on, on a per unit basis, it's eye-opening sometimes for, for the dealer to actually then say, wow, I thought I was spending $70 per unit and I'm spending 120. Uh, in, you know, maybe that's your repo cost or whatever it is. Uh, it really does open the door to say, okay, what, what vendors am I, am I using? Can I, can I cut a cost? Because I used to be only paying 70. I know I was. Uh, and, and now it's a way to, to manage costs and, and expectations. Yeah, I thought I was paying $150 per car sale, but I'm actually paying $600 when you go count it. And, I, and my sales have gone down. So. Yeah. So talk to us about the crystal ball. Like, um, how do we know that our projections based off history are going to be the same in the future, right? I mean, we kind of got to account for that. Like, I can't really, I don't know if my cost of car is going to go up or down right now. I honestly don't know. I don't know if anyone knows if the market's going to go up or down on cost of car. Now, interest rate, probably pretty safe to assume that you're not going to get a better interest rate over the next 12 months. <laughs> you know, your bank's not lowering that adjustable line anytime soon. Feds aren't, aren't working for us right now. Mm. Um, I'll, I'll take that. And that's uh, it's a great point, right? You don't just want to rinse, repeat what you did last year. You want them to be meaningful. And if you can implement, um, you know, uh, the kind of per unit type of analysis that Chad's talking about and the, you know, your, your, your portfolio changes into your results. And that's going to be pretty meaningful, right? I always caution conservatism slightly. Like we think prices are softening. Uh, that's what we hear. And that's what I hear a little bit uh, from dealers, but we don't know if that's going to be the case across the board and tax time always jacks that up that, that anyway. Um, and so I, I caution a little bit of conservatism there, but, you know, to really, I guess, get meaningful projections throughout the rest of your, you know, P&L budget, cash flow forecast, take 20 seconds on each line, go line by line and think about the story behind, you know, each of your spend and each of your revenue sources and like the, the interest rates, a good one, right? Uh, feds are probably going to raise rates another two to 3%, let's say, and my portfolio is growing. So my debt balance is going to grow. So my, would it be reasonable for my interest expense to stay flat? Not at all. It's, it's going to be up 30 or 40%. Um, or heaven forbid, I've got a software conversion 
in March of, of all of all months, and and my software spend is gonna is gonna double or shrink or whatever the case may be. I think you know your business well enough to be able to make an educated guess on what is going to happen with a lot of the you know expenses within your structure. But I but I think then to take that a next the next step is because we can't look in that crystal ball and see the future. I think it's important to understand your forecast and what happens if the worst case scenario happens. Uh, you know, what if interest rates went up 5%? What if my portfolio shrunk? You know, what if I lose my sales manager who, you know, whatever the case might be, you know, um, I think there's, you know, you want to toggle and look at worst case scenario versus, you know, best case scenario to understand if you have the cash then to, to ride that storm uh, if if the worst case you know comes through, so you know stress testing the 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 model to make sure that you know what boundaries do I have to stay within uh, before I go broke. All right, guys, one more time. Uh, Primaland, a yep. new sponsor of the podcast. We haven't had them on yet for a spotlight. We need to get them on, but they are the go-to if you need some capital. Yeah, and again, if you're at DPG this week, go talk to Todd Yates. He will help you get a line of credit, even if it's not with them. That's what I love so much about Primaland is they can put you in the right direction. If your books aren't right, talking about today, having our books right, have our projections right. If you don't have all that ready yet, you may not be ready for a line of credit. But these guys at Primaland really, really help dealers, and they will help you get in the right direction to be better in the future, right? Yep. Yeah. You got to have all your I's dotted and T's crossed if you want to go to a lender and, and try to get some credit or try to get a line or any of those types of things. So that's where these things come in so handy. So uh, back to the podcast. Yeah. I think that's important because the dealers are, we're just like eternally optimistic, right? We think we're going to yep. be able to sell more cars and we're not going to have more expenses and payroll is not going to go up by 30 or 40% this year. And all these kind of rosy eyed <clears throat> assumptions that we make to try to prove to ourselves that we're good business owners, you know, and that we're going to be profitable and that we should stay here and not go, uh, you know, jump ship and be in construction or something. So we want to make it look like we're making money, but so many, so many of those areas, yeah, you've got to be careful that you're not too rosy eyed. And so what is that worst case? Hey, if I get hit here, hit here, I was looking at one the other day and I, someone was asking me like, what are, what's your credit card processing fees? And I'm like, oh, I think we're like, you know, two, three thousand dollars a month. And then I was like, wait a minute, if I times that by twelve months, am I really paying thirty six thousand dollars a month in credit card processing fees? Mm -hmm. I'm like, what in the world? That that is insane. I'm like, I gotta fix that. I gotta do something, you know. So when you see those projections and you actually look at them, like, wait a minute, yeah, that five hundred or a thousand dollar, you know, software or expense that happened to happen or this i don't know we were buying pizza every single monday and tuesday and wednesday for the lot like when you look at those you're like whoa that that really adds up like is this do we have to have this or can we find a better route or or do i just need to plan on it i think if done properly and a lot of thought is put into your projection you know looking at what happened recently both in your PL and Cash flows. I love it if I can task a controller or bookkeeper with laying out, hey, November and December, mm-hmm. show me all the deposits from your different sources, you know, customer payments, downs, insurance checks, blah, blah, blah. 
and all of your outflows. And let's categorize this and break it down. If you can put meaningful thought like that into a projection or budget, you could potentially come up with game-changing decisions for your for your business. We spend so much time working uh, in our business that we can't work on it in, in ways like that. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. So I would almost say when you make those projections, you you almost take that spreadsheet, build it out, and then maybe you copy and paste it into different tabs and say, okay, here's my best guess. And then I'm going to adjust it a little bit on this one and have my worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. And then you probably need to have one. I mean, you guys mentioned as one of your key points is what's the audience, you know, who, who are these projections going to? And we need to keep that in mind sometimes too, right? Like we don't want to send our most rosy projection, you know, out and about, but what, does it matter who we talk to? I'll take it. Um, yeah, it does, right? You, I feel like with the stakeholders in your business, uh, investors or lenders, those are all about managing expectations, especially in challenging times. If you're sending your best uh, projection to a lender that you aren't in wonderful standing with, when you don't hit it, you've got to explain it. And that's a tough conversation. Yeah. Um, so I always, and, and this is beyond BHPH, I see, saw this in other industries. There's there's the um, the in-house projection, and then there's the bank projection, which is depressed, right? Um, and you so you so you can get above it. But you know something to bear in mind is like how how that end user, how that viewer is going to look at your at your projection. So like the bank, for instance, if you've got a line of credit, you probably have covenants built into that guardrails, right? We want to make sure you're not over leveraged. Want to make sure you can service your debt and one of the first things a lender, a smart lender is going to do when they get your projection, they'll want, want to see that you're going to be profitable, but they're also going to uh, calculate on a napkin, you know, if your covenants are going to pass or if, um, you know, or if, you know, we got to look a little more closely and see what's going on in the business. So put yourself in the shoes of whomever you're going to give your budget to and, and think about that relationship. Mm -hmm. Do you think you should share your budget with your key, with employees, key management, or everybody? Is this something you should put up in your meetings every month, every quarter, whatever, and say, hey, guys, here's what we projected. Here's where we're at. Is there a good or bad to that? I, I think there's, there's a level of buy-in you want to get from your team. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse, in my opinion, than a, a, an owner saying, you know, we can we're going to sell 60 this month and the team internally knows there's no way in the heck they're going to get to 40. Mm. And it's just, they're just, it's an uphill battle from day one, right? You want buy-in. So I, I always encourage the dealers to, to meet with their staff, to make sure that they're comfortable with those numbers. Uh, do I, am I, am I giving them the bottom line payroll, you know, budget and everything else, you know, all at the same time, usually not, but we are, providing, um, you know, key key metrics that they have control over uh, to get their buy-in and then making sure that they're monitoring those month over month. Mm. Yeah, I do feel like sometimes those numbers are important for certain, you know, obviously you want to share those within your, you know, your recon facility. Like if you want your manager knowing exactly what you're spending per car and what the budget is there. And and maybe your your sales team, you want them knowing like, hey, here's what we're spending per car on advertising. So, you know, when that phone rings, 
that cost us, you know, $75 in advertising to get that phone to ring. And when you take that application, that's $150 application right there based on our spend and our sales, right? You can do the math into it. So, you know, don't just broom that customer because you didn't like the way they talked to you or you didn't think they were qualified. That's like throwing $75 down the drain, you know, be smart about those things. So I, I could see sharing those numbers being smart in some of those areas. Yeah. Departmentally, it makes a lot of sense. And and I even see some dealers um, open the hood a little, a little further for, for their employees to show them the whole financial picture, because I think it's easy for employees you know, that, that collect or take in a ton of money or uh, only have exposure to pieces of the business to think, man, this, this owner is making a ton of money and yet he's squeezing me or, or, you know, do, making these various decisions. But with the, with the whole picture provided, you know, employees can see that you're not just taking money out of the business. Like this, this monster needs food over and over again. And every dollar that we collect is reinvested in the business. So I'm, I'm on a team here with you, right? Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about, uh, you know, to your sales team, what's a reasonable gross profit? You know, what should we be marking our cars up? And I had this conversation with my sales team the other day and they're like, well, you know, probably a thousand or 2000 because I was, <laughs> you know, we kind of had this conversation about a little bit of pushback where they feel like, well, everyone says our prices are too high. I'm like, okay, that's a whole nother story that we're even talking mm -hmm. about price. But if we want to address this, what do you think we should charge this? And I'm like, okay, let me talk to you about debt structure. <laughs> let me talk to you about <laughs> you guys' payroll. Let me talk to you about overhead. So we kind of yep. had that conversation just lightly, but you're right. When they see you just depositing money, you know, oh, they made this, you know, and you're just like, okay, well, let's look at the bottom line here. You know, I netted $5,000 for the month. You made $8,000 this month in commissions. <laughs> so who's Bingo. really on the right side of the desk here, me or you? <laughs> That's right. You gotta yeah. you do have to remind folks occasionally in tough times. <clears throat> yeah, it's so true. Any other words of advice or wisdom when it comes to these projections you have for dealers? Uh, I mean, there's there's lots of other things that that come to mind, but um, you know, I think we mentioned a little bit earlier: do it by month, right? Um, not by year, because the we know that the business has seasons. Um, I, I like to, to, to do a postmortem, um, both monthly, right? We do a budget to, you do a budget to actual to see how you finish and it's going to root out some issues you might have. Uh, and then after the year, most folks may, maybe don't do that, you know, after the year, but I think you're going to learn a lot as you go, um, by, by that process. Um, and you know, there's, I, I would say utilize the tools of your DMS too. That kind of comes to mind for me. Um, some can help you with cash projections and, and other, you know, uh, tools that can help you if you're, if you're not quite as skilled with Excel or with kind of generating some of these calculations that DMSs can often help. So those are a few that come to mind for me. I, I, I would just add that this is not a, a check the box exercise. Um, I, you know, I think this is a, a crucial part of doing business and being in business. And that, you know, I think too many dealers just want to say they have a budget, uh, you know, sitting on, on their desk, but they really didn't put the time and effort uh, to, to go line by line, as JP mentioned, to really understand the workings of their business 
and put the proper attention you know to this uh, project. Um, so really, just take the time to to you know figure out what is you know what are those numbers, what do they look like, uh, what's meaningful, but do it in the end of November, December. Sit on it for a little bit. Maybe you revisit it the first of January as your year's kicking off to to make sure that you make any tweaks for for December and, and how it you know turned out and finished up a uh, number of accounts, you know, maybe, you know, all of a sudden you got a, you know, on a whim, you're going to open up another location before tax time, you know, you need to throw that into the model, make whatever changes you need, but, you know, really spend the time to do it right. And I think you'll actually get a lot out of it. There's, there's you know, money findings and cost savings that can be had uh, during this, this process. Yeah. And that would probably be my closing argument for this is, you know, we're car guys, we know cars, we know sales, we know people. And we're really asking, we're forcing us dealers to be accountants, we're forcing us to be budgeters, we're forcing us to be business owners, and look at spreadsheets and calculations and formulas and assumptions and all these things. And we can kind of get there like that's all right, we need to know that we need to learn what a balance sheet and a PL is. But I don't know that I'm going to have my accounting degree anytime soon. You know, I'm not going to be a CPA in this lifetime. So that's the argument. Guys, if you need to reach out and get more advice, Chad, JP, this is your time to plug your place. How do people get a hold of you when they realize they aren't accountants? They're just car dealers. <laughs> sure. Um, obviously, we're, we're with Martin Bryan Accounting Consulting. Uh, we actually, uh, finally, a lot of people have been asking, we're, we're getting a website put up. Uh, it's probably still still going to stay under construction this weekend, but um, it's it's at mbac-accounting.com, uh, or they can uh, find us on a Facebook page, uh, LHPH uh, or what is it, JP? I forgot it already. BHPH and LHPH Forum and Resource Center. I think that's yeah. yeah. We you can find us there, or, or I'll give a phone number even four seven nine six eight five nine four three four. Uh, feel free to you know call anytime. Uh, we love talking shop and talking with dealers, and we'd love just to you know help you develop a process or or just talk through what what you have going on. Yeah, that's one thing I know about these two. They are very generous with their time. Busy guys and getting busier every single day. It seems like I talk to a dealer who has talked to you guys or has some sort of a connection, or you have got your digits inside their dealership somehow. So you guys are. Definitely going to definitely, we appreciate, I appreciate you guys being here and talking to me. I've got a ton of things to go work on. My notes list has gotten very long on how I need to change my projections and maybe make them a little more sophisticated. So, and, uh, and of course, Chad and I are going to have a personal conversation off the air here in the next day or two to <laughs> really get my stuff figured out. So thanks guys for being here. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Real pleasure. Take care. Dealers helping dealers. Please leave us a review and subscribe the Independent Dealer Podcast.